Wednesday, August the 11th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Cuomo replaced and another Canadian sentenced in China. First, the world in brief. Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, announced his resignation a week after a report authorised by the state's attorney general found that he had sexually harassed 11 women. Mr Cuomo claimed the most serious accusations had, quote, no credible factual basis and suggested the whole controversy was, quote, politically motivated. His resignation will take effect in two weeks when Kathy Hochul, hitherto Mr Cuomo's deputy, will become the state's first female governor. A Chinese court sentenced Michael Spaver, a Canadian businessman with links to North Korea, to 11 years in prison for spying. Yesterday, another Chinese court upheld a death sentence for another Canadian citizen who was found guilty of smuggling drugs. Relations between Canada and China have been deteriorating since the arrest in 2018 of Meng Wanzhou, an executive at Huawei in Vancouver. Business confidence in Germany fell for the third consecutive month in August. The ZEW, Indicator of Economic Sentiment, calculated as the balance between optimistic and pessimistic analysts, fell by 22.9 points compared with July to 40.4 points, its lowest level since November. Worse may be to come. Europe's biggest economy faces a possible fourth wave of COVID-19 infections. Forest fires in Algeria killed at least 42 people, including 25 soldiers deployed to fight them. Authorities have blamed arsonists for dozens of blazes in the mountainous region of Kabylia, east of the capital, Algiers. Fires have burned through 16 provinces since Monday. A heatwave across the Mediterranean has caused fires in Greece, Italy and Turkey too. America's Senate passed a bipartisan infrastructure package worth $1 trillion designed to fix the country's road and rail networks, improve broadband provision and fund climate change adaptation. Shortly thereafter, the Senate began debate on a $3.5 trillion budget proposal to expand the social safety net. Republican senators scrambled to lay the ground for a new confrontation over the debt ceiling. A decentralized financial network said hackers breached its platform. Over $600 million in cryptocurrency is thought to have been stolen from Poly Network, which lets people swap digital tokens built on different blockchains. That would make the theft among the biggest ever in crypto land. The chair of America's Securities and Exchange Commission, a financial regulator, recently said that such DeFi platforms ought to protect investors better. A clampdown on China's tech sector led SoftBank, a Japanese investor, to announce it would cut its holdings in Chinese startups. Masayoshi-san, the firm's founder, said he will take a quote, wait-and-see stance in the coming years. SoftBank, which runs the world's biggest tech venture capital fund, is highly exposed in China, largely through its stake in Alibaba, an e-commerce giant. And fact of the day, 26%, the share of America's electricity that will be produced by coal this year, according to the Energy Information Administration's forecast, up from 22% in 2020. And now here's today's agenda. Storms over Albany. The fall of Andrew Cuomo. I love New York and I love you and everything I have ever done has been motivated by that love, said Andrew Cuomo as he resigned as governor of New York State. Last week, Letitia James, the state's attorney general, unveiled a report corroborating the claims of 11 women who say Mr Cuomo sexually harassed them. Former allies pressed him to resign, including President Joe Biden. The state legislature was preparing to open impeachment proceedings to remove him from office. 
Mr. Cuomo denied wrongdoing. He said that he never, quote, crossed the line with anyone. He still faces investigations into whether he improperly used government staff to work on his best-selling book and whether he intentionally fudged the number of COVID-19 deaths in care homes. His deputy, Kathy Hochul, will replace him in two weeks and become the state's first female governor. Next year's gubernatorial race looks wide open. In transit, America's inflation. With consumer prices rising fast in America, economists are debating whether it is a serious risk or just a transitory shock as the economy gets back into gear. Data released today may offer fodder to both sides. The month-on-month increase in the consumer price index is expected to have decelerated from 0.9% in June to 0.5% in July. That slowdown will be thanks in large part to used cars. Prices soared earlier this year but have started to fall as car makers gradually resolve supply shortfalls. Yet beneath the headline deceleration, there appears to be a wider spread in price pressures. Rents are climbing following a jump in housing prices. Soaring freight costs are spilling into prices for furniture and electronics. And the costs of flights and hotels are increasing as people resume travel, even amid concerns about the pandemic. It is too soon to declare an end to the inflation scare. Afghan Blitz The Taliban's Urban Onslaught The lightning speed of the Taliban in capturing so many provincial capitals suggests that the Islamic group's military campaign is gaining pace. Zaranj in Nimra's province was first to fall on August 6th. Over the next five days, it was followed by a string of capitals across the north. Shebergan, Saripol, Tarakan, Kunduz, Aybuk, Parikhumri and Faizabad, along with Farah in the southwest. The Taliban's gains had previously been largely rural. The war is now becoming more urban, with the potential for more bloodshed. Larger cities, including Kandahar and now Mazar-i-Sharif, are besieged. Taliban assurances last year that they wanted peace talks seem distant. Few expect them to rein in their offensive now. It is by no means certain that the larger cities will fall to the Taliban, but the Afghan government has not yet found a way to turn the tide. Morale is low, and America has nearly withdrawn all its forces, a decision which looks more foolhardy by the day. Umberchenbar, our German election forecast. After nearly 16 years, Angela Merkel's time as Germany's Chancellor is coming to an end. Elections for the Bundestag, the country's lower house, will be held on September 26th. The outcome will determine the next coalition to govern Germany and its leader. The Economist has built an election forecast model to try and read the tea leaves. It combines polling data with an analysis of how voter intention in previous elections, as told to pollsters, compared with what actually transpired in ballot boxes. The outcome is highly uncertain. At the time of launch, Mrs Merkel's party, the Christian Democrats, and its sister party, the Christian Social Union, are set to win between 23% and 38% of the seats. As Europe's largest economy and a crucial player in the EU, Germany's elections will affect not only its citizens, but the entire world. Keep up to date with our coverage on our Elections Hub. Trophy Assets La Liga kicks off in Spain This Friday, La Liga will kick off without its most famous face, Lionel Messi. It will be Spanish domestic football's top division's first season without him since 2004. 
The former captain of Barcelona, the world's best footballer, was forced out of the team by bad financial management at the club and moved to Paris Saint-Germain. Other clubs are scrambling for cash too, thanks to months of empty stadiums and a weak transfer market. It is little surprise that La Liga is entertaining a 2.7 billion euro, 3.2 billion dollar offer by a private equity firm, CVC, for a 10% stake of a new business that would manage rights income for the league. The offer has been greeted warmly by many cash-strapped clubs, but not Real Madrid and Barcelona, the two richest. They believe it undervalues their future earning potential. CVC has failed to strike similar deals in Germany and Italy, but it may well prevail in Spain thanks to La Liga's sudden vulnerability. Summer Quiz Week 4 Ready for another round with our baristas in a summer quiz? For week four, we'll again serve up a daily question. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Wednesday. What was the real name of Baby Spice? Finally, here's the quote of the day from John Henry Newman, who died on this day in 1890. We can believe what we choose. We are answerable for what we choose to believe. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download the Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.